Welcome to the Kidmin Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmin leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome back to the Kidmin Huddle. I want to talk Easter with you guys. Easter just happened, and I had, quite frankly, I think my favorite Easter ever. So I just want to tell you guys about it and maybe give you a little ideas and definitely give you some encouragement. So, background. At our church, the annual Easter egg hunt typically is the Saturday right before Easter. So, Saturday egg hunt, next day is Easter. Well, our county spring break likes to really mess with us now, and they put spring break smack dab in the middle of both weekends following Easter, or preceding Easter. So, you have the week before, then it's spring break week, followed by Saturday and then Easter. So both weekends are are tough, honestly. And I'm like, really, county? This year, I decided I really want to give visitors a chance to actually attend our Easter service. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe inviting them on a Saturday and telling them to come the next day isn't a good idea. So I'm going to do it the weekend before. It was crazy windy, like blowing tables over windy, but we got to hold it outside 40 minutes before the egg hunt. It was like beautiful and sunny, but windy 40 minutes before the cloud coverage comes back in and it drops like 10 degrees and it was cold, but that's fine. We also don't have a yard. So thousands of eggs just get laid in this tiny little strip of grass. It's fine. We work with it. Kids get candy. So honestly, they're happy. Had several visitors, which was really exciting. And one of the visitors I knew Their kids that came in the past to VBS, I used to go to school with her and, you know, going around greeting, talking. She had said that she wasn't really happy with her current church. And I reached out to her on Facebook afterwards. You know, of course, at the egg hunt, I'm inviting everyone to church. I put a postcard in there, you know, all that, all those things that you're supposed to do. But I sent the personal invite to her Facebook. Hey, not trying to church steal, but... Easter is going to be really special for the kids. I'd love for you to join us. And she's like, absolutely. Where do I go? What time? So encouragement one, make that personal ask. Because I invited them. I put things in the goodie bags that all the kids got inviting them. But it was that personal invite that made the difference. Now, uh, if you're listening to this and you go to my church, sorry. Uh, We have, unfortunately, in my opinion, unfortunately, shifted to numbers. Um, I don't, I don't like the shift. I'm not, I'm not against numbers. Obviously I want people come to church, right? But we're not doing it the right way in my opinion, and we're not doing it relationally because just sending someone a card in the mail, Hey, thank you for visiting. Come join us. I don't think works. I don't think it's effective to send mass mailings to put a bulletin insert. I don't think that's effective. I think relationships matter. In fact, um, so much so that I'm fairly certain, uh, like 85 to 92% certain that at this year's Kids Matter Conference 2023, I will be teaching a breakout on the importance of relationships. They're important. So the invite in the goodie bags did not get this family coming to church, but the personal invite did. So by the way, you know, fasting, fasting forward, fast forwarding, that's better grammatically. Fast forwarding, they did come to church that Sunday. Now, why would they want to attend my church's Easter service? Well, because I had a big plan. 
and it was the best ever. So in thinking, you know, beforehand, what would make Easter super special? Why would a visiting family decide, absolutely, this is where my kids want to go on Easter Sunday? I am not one to get into the gimmicky stuff. If you come, you're going to be entered to win a new bike or an iPad. You know, I'm not knocking it if you do it. That's not my preference. I want kids to want to come because of what's happening there, specifically the lesson. So how do I make my lesson super exciting? Well, what is Easter? Easter is remembering or celebrating what Jesus did for us. I'm always very strategic about always giving the why, giving the gospel. So whatever you do for Easter, definitely be giving the gospel, the why of Easter. Super important, even if they've heard it over and over again. But I decided, well, we're going to celebrate. As we discover the why, as we learn about it, we're really going to celebrate. So how could we celebrate in fun? I know. I'll have a balloon drop and confetti cannons. And we'll have glitter and all the messy things that most grown-ups hate. So that is exactly what we did. Um, we bought, I bought on Amazon. I went and got a balloon tower kit. I didn't have the manpower, um, and by that I mean me, to do a big balloon arch. I didn't want to attempt something like that on top of everything else. So I bought this simple balloon tower kit. You got two in a pack. So cute. It made it about honestly about five, six feet tall, used about 20 to 25 balloons, each little tower and just made a really fun statement piece. I had bought confetti filled balloons from Walmart. You get like six in a pack. So I mixed that with the colors that came with this balloon tower and bought one of those. It's not the one, it's not the balloon inflators that self seal. So I still had to tie the balloons because I wanted to use my confetti balloons, but I spent It was under $20 for a small, I mean, like as wide as a loaf of bread, maybe, balloon inflator. Automatic. You plug it in. You fill. My friends, trust me, you need one of these. It was so amazing. Fill these up. My son, my 11-year-old, and my 5-year-old daughter, they had a blast helping me. They would fill them. I would tie them. I would hook them on the tree. Easy peasy. But that's just part one of my fun, right? I hung some of the glittery metallic-y streamer backdrops. I covered our, we have a little puppet stage in there that I don't use all the time. Honestly, I keep it in my room because it helps hide stuff. It's nice. We do use it occasionally, but I covered it with streamers. I had the balloon trees, super fun. Had some helium balloons hanging up, but then the big part was the balloon drop. So in my classroom, we have the old tile ceilings. You've got the weird material tile with the metal crossbars that run, you know, creates a grid pattern. So I have the plastic ceiling hook that they go in there. I got a hundred from Amazon for super cheap. I love these things. They hold a good deal of weight. They just snap onto those metal bars and you can hang things down. So I did the do-it-yourself Pinterest version of a balloon drop. And I'm going to kind of walk you through how I did it. Um, And then... I'm probably going to post some pictures on my website to where you can maybe see if you're visual like me. So I took a confetti printed tablecloth because of course, now in hindsight, the confetti cloth tablecloth is a little stiffer. So it tore way easier. I think a traditional plastic tablecloth would have worked a lot better, but it wasn't as fun, right? So you take your tablecloth and you cut it down the middle 
hot dog style. And then I took my handy dandy hole punch and I punched holes down this cut line. You're going to lay one on top of the other and you're going to sew it up in and out to where when you have your string, I used yarn, you could use like, you know, party ribbon, whatever. The goal is going to be that this is your balloon drop line. The other parts of the tablecloth are going to be as fixed to the ceiling. There will be balloons, there will be confetti up in this now pocket kind of thing that you've made. And when you pull this cord, it's going to pull straight out and everything will come falling down. I reinforced all of my holes with tape just because this tablecloth was kind of ripping. It was stretching. I didn't trust it and it had to hold up for two days before the big drop. I put holes in all the corners reinforced by tape along the sides used my ceiling hooks and some more ribbon. So I would tie the ribbon through the hole, hook it on the ceiling hook, create this pouch now on my ceiling. My kids were handing me balloons, stuck them up in there, took a handful of confetti, uh, uh, several handfuls to be honest, stuck it up there and then taped up my string on the ceiling because I don't trust children. It's too, um, too much of a temptation to have a string and you want to pull it. So everything was set for lesson day. Easter gets there. I am like pumped. I'm so excited because I want the whole thing to be an experience. So I had made very bright t-shirts for myself and a grown-up helper and all of my teens. I have the best teens in the world. Oh my gosh. I love these kids. So they are all in these. Well, I'll back up. I'll get there, but I'll back up. Um, we're dismissed part of the way through to children's church. So we're with the grownups for a little bit, then we're dismissed. I have asked my teens to leave a couple minutes early. I want it to be exciting when the kids walk up to children's church. So my teens leave a couple minutes early from, from worship and they go and they get on their matching t-shirts. So they're in these beautiful, like Robin's blue turquoise shirts that say best day ever. We walk up to children's church. They've got the lights off. They got speakers on. They have pool noodles like you get at camp and they're pumping up the volume and they're like, Woo, it's Easter. Yeah. Party time. They're wearing sombreros randomly. Uh, it is exciting to walk up in there. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, I'm the caboose and I'm in my fancy Easter dress and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And the teens, cause we'd worked this out before. They're like, we're celebrating. And I'm like, celebrating. Okay, I've got an idea. I'll be back. So I go do a super quick costume change. I put on jeans and my best day ever t-shirt, as well as the coolest sparkle tennis shoes. Because why not? I had confetti earrings. It was a whole theme. And I come back in the classroom like, I want to celebrate too. Woo, so exciting. So right from the start, we created this excitement. It was, I mean, it was exciting. It was fun. We were celebrating. My lesson was designed to go with this theme. We're teaching the why, the importance of the why, but it was a party. I really enjoyed a game that I did with candy. I made a dice game where you would roll different, you know, roll your dice and whatever number it landed on determined how many pieces of candy you would get, including you might not get one. So I had all the kids roll. I didn't tell them why yet. And they had to hold up their finger for what number they rolled. Then I showed them the answers of what die number got what amount of candy and I had this big tub of candy, like big. So some kids didn't get candy because I told them, you know, you can't change numbers. And I tied this to 
Well, you know, Sammy got a lot of candy, but you didn't get any candy. Is that very fair? No. Well, is this what Jesus's forgiveness is like? That it's just for some people, but not for everybody. And then I went on to explain how it is a gift for everybody, but we have to choose to accept it. Then, of course, because how fun would it be if you're at a celebration and you don't get any candy? They got like 30 seconds, which really, I never time things when I tell them I'm timing. I just go. So they got to kind of free roll as much as they could for probably about a minute and stick it in a bag. Then we got to balloon drop time, the final celebration. We've talked about the why, about what Jesus has done, about yes, it's sad, but oh my goodness, is it so amazing because he loves us so much that he died so that we can have our sins forgiven this sin. That's a really big problem that only he can do because he's the perfect sacrifice. So we get them to stand under the balloon drop. I then have all of my teens who are like shaking with excitement at this point. They get a confetti cannon. Look them up on Amazon. They were cheap, but oh, were they messy. But it was so worth it. So they've got their confetti cannons. So the kids are under the balloon drop. I've got my got my ribbon. And I tell them that we're celebrating. So they're going to say, one, two, three, Jesus is alive. And we practice it in a whisper first, you know, to make sure we're all on. I've got my video. My camera's recording. I've got um, an adult leader taking pictures because this is exciting, right? So then... One, two, three, Jesus is alive. I pull the cord. The teens pop the, the confetti cannons at them. It was amazing. Glitter, confetti, pieces, balloons everywhere. Everything worked perfectly. It made the biggest mess in the world. And it was so much fun. I mean, the kids were rolling around in it because I don't care, right? We brushed them off before they left. Um, someone asked, like, are parents mad? No, the parents were like, oh, that's awesome. Because we celebrated. I even got a text that night from one of my fabulous, fabulous teenagers. She's 16 and they're serving and her little cousins were there. And she said, they cannot stop talking about the party we had for Jesus. Thank you for making things so awesome for our kids and for us teens. Guys, I had 16 and 17 year olds wearing matching shirts celebrating Jesus. They could not wait for kids church because they knew what was happening. You know, they'd been in on it. They knew my planning. They couldn't wait. What an example they were to the kids. They, you know, too cool for school, 16, 17 year olds were excited to praise Jesus. Church was exciting on Easter. Confetti cannons balloon drops. We made glitter bookmarks. Like it was an awesome, awesome lesson, but the purpose was there. I reinforced it over and over. So from this, a couple pieces of encouragement I want to give you. Are you making church fun? It should be. If your church culture might frown upon you making a mess, tell them to call me and I'll give them the why, because I had kids going home couldn't stop talking about how much fun they had at church. And I know they heard the why, right? They're not going to remember everything. They might later just remember the confetti, but God's working on their hearts. I know that they were taught. I know that he will use that. He will continue to work on those seeds that were planted, but it was fun. And church should be fun. We want kids to want to learn about Jesus. Our goal was to celebrate what Jesus did. And by golly, we did it. So make church fun. And then use your teens. 
Man, I had a group of teens having a blast. They were celebrating. They were leading by example. Because when you have a 16-year-old boy having fun, being silly, what does that say to your third, your fourth grade boys who, you know, they're making the decision right then. Those are those pivotal years. Do I want to, do I want to stay here? Is this cool? What am I thinking? How do I feel about this? Your cool factor of church, not you, but the church cool factor just went way up because man, if they do it, if they like it, okay, I like it. Make church fun, make it exciting. But bring the point over and over and over. I went over the why. Everything I did in my lesson was intentional, including the shirts. Why did I put best day ever? Because Jesus raising from the dead was the best day ever. Because that and only that saved us from eternal damnation. Be intentional with every area of your lesson. Every minute that you have with kids, be intentional. Now, it was the best day ever for me because quite frankly, I love confetti, right? But there were a couple of not awesome things. So learn from, I don't don't even know if I'm going to say my mistakes, but just some things that didn't work great. I was so excited for this lesson. So I sent out postcards to all of our kids that hadn't been attending regularly. You know, those hit or miss kids, those every other weekend kids, most of them didn't show. We, we're, my church is struggling with families that aren't attending and aren't attending regularly. So despite my best efforts, getting those kids here didn't work. They, this had been publicized. I had advertised, um, not advertised, but I had posted on church Facebook. I posted on my Facebook. I've sent home flyers. I've sent home emails. I've sent home postcards for kids to take home as well. You know, invite your friends. It was spring break week and I had one kid. She said, I invited all my friends, but they're all gone. They're on spring break. I can't do anything about that, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I've text families, I've done all of the, all of the right things and it didn't help get them there, but you know what? I did the things. So keep doing the things, keep connecting because those relationships matter. I've got a family that, man, they're struggling that they're struggling with our church, but I'm connecting with them. They just had a family member pass away and guess what? I was there. Not at the passing away, obviously, but you knew what I meant. You know, I went to the visitation. I'm connecting. I'm, I'm following up. Hey, just checking in on you. You're doing good. I miss you guys. Not in a judgmental way, but in a, hey, I'm here. I'm your church family and I love you kind of way. So keep doing the things, even if you don't see the results. Keep bringing the fun. Keep bringing the message. Keep building those relationships, even if they don't show up. And that is hard. Oh, my friends, it is so hard. Trust me. I am, I don't know how many years in a ministry. I think I'm in the 20s. If you count, I started, yeah, because I started when I was 16, uh, 15. It's hard when people don't show. And you start to go to that bad place that you shouldn't go and you question, oh my gosh, is it me? Am I doing something wrong? I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not qualified. I'm obviously terrible and horrible at what I do. Don't go there. It's not you. Your job is to keep being faithful to what God has called you to do. He's called you to connect with and love with these kids and these parents. He's called you to teach his message, to teach his truths to the boys and girls. And quite frankly, I feel like he has called you to bring the fun. So that's my challenge to you, my friends. 
Easter is over, but we have 51 more Sundays till we get back next year. What are you going to do? What are you going to do for the next 51 Sundays? How are you going to make it fun? How are you going to bring the message? Make the Bible come alive, loving on these boys and girls. And remember, what you do matters.